What's going on guys? Sam Adams here and welcome to another episode of Cabinet Today for September the 28th. My name is Samuel Adams and welcome to today's show. I hope you are all doing very well. And for those that might be new to the show, this is a daily gaming news show where I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry, every single corner of a PlayStation 4, Xbox One, industry drama, whatever it might be. We have it right here for you. And tonight is no exception. We have a pretty awesome lineup, but not really awesome considering that one of my favorite conferences or gatherings of gamers of the year has actually been canceled and that is the PlayStation experience kind of a bummer if I do say so myself so we'll talk about that for a little bit right there as confirmed by Sean Layden then Vivendi is not going to be trying to take off Ubisoft anymore or take over Ubisoft rather uh, which is a really good piece of news for those that are fans of Ubisoft or for those that like the way the company is run right now but the situation is a bit more complicated than that on top of that Fallout 76 has a beta release date several PS3 game servers are being turned off which is you know kind of sucky for those that still play on ps3 and like to have the full catalog of games far cry arcade is getting far cry 3 blood dragon stuff utada hikaru and skrillex are teaming up for kingdom hearts 3 music and facebook got hacked so if you have a Facebook, you might want to check that. But of course, to those hanging out in the chat, Random Gamer 50, what is going on, my dude? Welcome to the show. And if you, friendly listener, later on podcast service and or watcher of VOD, want to join the show live, it's hosted on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So be sure to drop by if you do get the chance. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the first news story of the day, which is that PSX 2018 is not happening, as confirmed by PlayStation executive Sean Layden. And he, my friends, is a pretty, unfortunately, reputable source. PlayStation's Worldwide Studios chairman Sean Layden has confirmed Sony will not be holding a PlayStation Experience event in 2018. Layden made the announcement on the PlayStation Blogcast, which is the podcast version of the PlayStation Blog, if you will, saying, For 2018, I know this is going to be a disappointment to some people, but we decided to not hold PlayStation Experience this year. Quote, we won't have it in the States this year, he continued. The reasons behind that, really, are we don't have, we have a lot of progress that we're making on our games. Good save there, Sean. Good save. Now that we have Spider-Man out the door, we're looking down into 2019 games like Dreams and Day is Gone. Not two of the best games to mention, in my opinion. However, moving on. But we wouldn't have enough to bring people all together in some location in North America to have that event. We don't want to set expectations really high and then not deliver on that. It was a hard decision, but we have determined that this year we will not hold PlayStation Experience. Layden attributed PlayStation's increased use of the PlayStation blog and social media to convey announcements. Sure, that's why you canceled it, but part of our commitment is that going forward, we're, go- we're going to amp that up. We're going to crank those communications up and find more ways to get our message out and get a view into what our activities are and what our hopes and dreams are, if you will, for PlayStation and for Worldwide Studios, he explained. While last year's PlayStation experience was not as news-heavy as in years past, PSX 2016 saw the announcement of both The Last of Us Part 2 and Uncharted The Lost Legacies reveal. And we've seen PlayStation continue to use the PlayStation blog and its social media platforms for big announcements in 2018. God of War's release date was revealed via the PlayStation blog, while the TGS 2018 debut of the PlayStation Classic largely came via PlayStation social channels. And for some reason, at 2 o'clock in the morning, never quite understood that one, my dude. Unfortunately, this might mean news 
news of whether Sony fans can change their PSN names will have to wait. At last year's PSX, Layden said he hoped people wouldn't have to keep asking about PSN name changes by the next PSX. Without a PlayStation experience this year, that certainly gives Sony more time to work on the fan-requested feature. But my friends, they didn't cancel the entire conference because they don't have the infrastructure to change our names. Oh no, it's because there are no games to show off. It's quite unfortunate, but that's kind of what it really does come down to. Everything that PlayStation has lined up has already been announced, has already been hyped, and is now just waiting for its release, and that's pretty much the nitty-gritty of it if you really want to get down to it. Now, I will say, Dreams and Days Gone, as mentioned by Sean Layden, are probably some strange ones to mention. Of course, there's a lot of multi-platform stuff coming out in the first part of 2019, but as far as, you know, first-party titles, I mean, you have The Last of Us Part Two, and what else? Uh, it's kind of a tricky situation, so you have to kind of take what you can get, and so right now, I would say one of their biggest games of the first half of 2019 is actually going to be Days Gone. Now, of course, you do have The Last of Us Part Two, as I said, probably launching somewhere around May or June. Uh, we'll probably be seeing that, according to Sean Layden, on some kind of PlayStation social media feed, so we'll have to keep our eyes tuned to that. Uh, but as for right now, there is no reason to have a PlayStation experience for 2018, and so overall, I say it's a pretty good decision, unfortunately. I mean, I love a conference as much as the next guy, but when it comes down to it, the only thing that's worse than a thrown-together conference is one that is still held after just being thrown together. So that's kind of what I feel we saw with PlayStation Experience 2017. Now, if you'll think back, PlayStation Experience 2016 was the big kind of E3-esque press conference kind of situation like you would expect to announce some games at. However, PlayStation Experience 2017 uh, was more so dudes chilling out on a couch, uh, you know, just seeing what the overall show was kind of putting up and seeing what people had to offer and just having discussions. And it was a very strange way to hold a press conference. And on top of that, fans in the audience that had paid to fly out to PlayStation Experience and had paid for a ticket... Well, they kind of ultimately fell asleep. I mean, there are literally videos of people yawning, of people, you know, nonchalantly clapping or, you know, lazily clapping, just trying to get some kind of reaction on camera, and we don't want to have a repeat of that. So overall, to cancel the show in trade-off of making announcements via social media feeds, where, to be quite honest, they'll be seen more probably a good ordeal if I did have to say so myself. But again, if you were looking forward to PSX 2018, you might want to shift that focus to E3, uh, the other kind of conferences that might come down like PAX South, something along those lines. But unfortunately, no PSX for 2018. However, moving on to a really good story, in my opinion, Vivendi lays plan to relinquish The Last of Us Ubisoft stock by 2019. The folks at French media group uh, Megacorp Vivendi issued a press release this week confirming their plans to finish divesting, I believe I said that correctly, themselves of all Ubisoft stock over the next six months. And for those that don't know what that means, essentially they had tried to take over Ubisoft via stock purchases, but now they're just selling all that back to respective parties. It's not surprising, but it does seem to end the year-long saga that was Ubisoft's increasingly desperate, increasingly public battle to remain independent under the threat of a takeover by Vivendi. After slowly accumulating 26% of Ubisoft's stock and reportedly contemplating said takeover, Vivendi excuse me, announced back in March that it would sell it all off to both Ubisoft and a new Ubisoft investor like Tencent and the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan. Can't talk today been a long one. As part of the deal, Vivendi agreed to refrain from purchasing Ubisoft stock for five whole years. Now, Vivendi says it only has about 6.7% with an estimated value of $581 million USD of Ubisoft's share capital to sell off, and it plans to do so in two phases. 0.91% will be sold off on Monday, October the 1st, while the remainder, about 5.74%, has been diverted to sold off on uh, next March. Excuse me. 
March 5th to be exact, which is just two days before the March 7th, 2019 deadline that Ubisoft and Vivendi had previously agreed upon. And so that's pretty much what you've got. Now we have the end of the years-long saga, as the story does say, because if you don't know what's been going on, uh, Vivendi has been, as I said, buying up stock, trying to take over Ubisoft, because quite frankly, Ubisoft is a big company, and it's one that really is worth taking over. I mean, you have tons of franchises that are making tons, mounds, piles of cash, and and so it'd be a good kind of asset to have. As for right now, it seems like now, instead of Vivendi, you really should worry more about Tencent, which is a big name in gaming these days, one that is a global powerhouse uh, when it comes to a lot of these companies. And so it's interesting that they are planning on selling off some of those stocks to Tencent. So we'll have to keep our eye on that. But overall, really good because nobody likes a hostile takeover. I'll say that time and time again. I don't mind a company being sold. I don't mind a company being bought. I don't mind companies merging to create something better like we've seen with Activision Blizzard. But when it comes to a hostile takeover, as has been described in the Vivendi and Ubisoft situation, that's just going to end up being bad for the games overall and thus being bad for the gamers and potentially even those that are employed by these companies. So it's a lot to kind of take in. It's a lot to think about. But as for right now, we don't have to worry about thinking about it anytime soon because Vivendi has relinquished its plans to take off Ubisoft or take over. For Ubisoft even. So uh, we will continue talking about this, I'm sure, until March 5th or 7th of 2019. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but as for right now, nobody needs to worry about Vivendi, especially the guys over at Ubisoft. You are safe to continue making sort of kind of biannual Assassin's Creed games, but not really because, you know, it's now becoming an annualized franchise again. I digress. We won't get one in 2019, but Odyssey back to back with Origins? I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a video for another day. However, for those that are fans of not Ubisoft but Bethesda, you might be interested in this because the Fallout 76 beta finally has a release date for the PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Now, this is a story that broke a couple of days back, so we'll be talking about it for a while, uh, but I didn't cover it yesterday because there was simply so much news, I just didn't get to it. However, today, for fans of Fallout 76, now is the time. Bethesda has released a new trailer and confirmed the release date of the upcoming Fallout 76 beta. As we previously heard, it'll come to Xbox One before the other platforms platforms, but now we know exactly when. The beta begins for Xbox One on October the 23rd and on October the 30th for the PS4 and PC guys. In a fact for the beta, Bethesda stressed that its purpose is to quote, stress test and break the game, which means that servers will be online during targeted time frames so we can get as many people as possible playing at the same time. Although specific times have not yet been confirmed, the company said play sessions could last anywhere between four and eight hours. Overall, the beta will go on until a few days before the launch, which is more than I actually thought. Bethesda also said that players should expect things to go awry, as beta versions of games tend to do. Quote, the beta is a work-in-progress version of the game. It explained, during the beta, you will likely see a glorious array of issues, many we know about and many that we don't. Our goal with your help is to identify and fix any issues that arise in preparation for the November 14th launch. We need all of your suggestions and feedback during beta, at launch, and beyond to make Fallout 76 the best experience possible now and for years to come. End quote. To play the beta on PS4 and Xbox One, you'll need a PlayStation Plus or an Xbox Live Gold membership. Since Fallout 76 is an online title, the final game will also require these subscriptions. The only way to get access to the beta is to pre-order the game at participating retailers or directly from Bethesda. Now, if you do want to install the beta, it'll take up 45 gigs and is not available to preload. Now, PC players will not need to re-download the game when it is officially released, but those on console will need to download a brand new version once the game finally does come out again on November the 14th. 
Currently, Bethesda is planning for progress from the beta to carry over into the full game. And that, my friends, is a pretty cool little feature there. And again, right now, you can get it or pre-order it on the PS4, Xbox One, or PC. And it does launch on November the 14th. And unfortunately, as we talked about yesterday, crossplay is not going to be coming to the game. And that, overall, is very unfortunate. However, when it comes down to it, I think it's still going to be a pretty solid online version of Fallout. Now, for those that are going in, and I say this every time I talk about Fallout 76, expecting this to be a mainline Fallout game, expecting this to be Fallout 5, it is not. This is the Elder Scrolls Online of the Fallout universe. Let me make that very clear. This is not going to be the same kind of experience that you had within Fallout 4. In fact, every character within the game, save for a couple of robots, I think something along those lines, is in fact a real player playing the game as well. So essentially, it's a Fallout MMO if you really want to get down to the nitty gritty of it. So, you know, if you really want to get the game, that's what you're going to be getting. As for me, probably going to hold off on this one quite frankly because I really don't want to play the game. I don't want an online version of Fallout because for me the draw of being in the Fallout universe is being the lone wanderer, is wandering around this wasteland that has been devastated finding these little stories and exploring these niche opportunities to find more lore. I love that kind of setup. Overall, to be able to play with friends and to raid together or get a squad within Fallout, it's just a strange situation. They're setting up the story very well. The soundtrack is, as the kids say, a banger, but it's not going to be one that I'm going to be getting on day one. And I'm with Roy in the chat who says my expectations for Fallout 76 are set very low. However, when you set your expectations low, you might come out surprised. You never do know. That's the best way to go about doing stuff. So we'll see what happens with this. But as for right now, you, my friend, can get in on the beta between October 23rd and October 30th, depending on what you have when it comes to consoles or PCs. And you can pre-order right now to get access to that beta if you did so choose. However, for those that don't have any kind of new generation console and you might still have a PlayStation 3, then you might be a bit disappointed because several PS3 game servers are being shut down. Of course, the main one that everybody's talking about is PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, but there are others that I did want to mention. And of course, this comes to us from Game Rant over there with Christopher Schumer, who did a fantastic job. It shouldn't come as a surprise to players when their favorite online games decide it's time to make the final call. Multiplayer-centric games, while giving players the best combination of social and gaming experiences, often have a finite time window of appeal before their player base begins to lessen and eventually shudder. For the PlayStation 3, the near 12-year-old system has many online games whose online communities now only consist of diehards and a few of the high profile targets titles excuse me are making the final call before it shuts down its servers for good in a thread posted on reset era ps3 games warhawk twisted metal and playstation all-stars battle royale will be shutting down their servers on october the 25th the thread pulls the new information from each of the game's respective storage pages citing that on the aforementioned day players will not have access to any of the online features restricting the titles of either local multiplayer or single player modes being offered Warhawk is the title being hit the hardest with this news as the multiplayer only game will be entirely unplayable and that my friends is what hurts the most and we'll talk about that here in a moment. It should be noted that for PlayStation All-Stars, online support for the Vita version of the game will also be discontinued next month. Also mentioned is how long each game had their servers online for. Warhawk tops the list between all three games with over 11 years of access. Again, it came out just one year, I believe, after the PlayStation 3 actually launched, and it is a very solid game. I remember vividly playing that game. Whenever I think it was five bucks and I was a cheap kid, I threw it at the GameStop cashier and I was like, gimme, let's go. And it wasn't great, but it was solid. With PlayStation All-Stars, 
having the shortest lifespan, topping it in uh, or in at just under six years. Twisted Metal's online servers have been playable for just under seven years. Warhawk released on the PS3 back in 07, while Twisted Metal and PS All-Stars launched back in 2012. And there is, of course, the possibility of a brand new PlayStation All-Stars game. But I'll believe it when I see it. And that, my friends, is pretty much where the end of the story does lie. Now, of course, the biggest hit here, as they said, is Warhawk, because right now it is a multiplayer-only game, and it is always going to be a multiplayer-only game. And so, whenever you're talking about the history of games, when you're talking about going back and being able to play all these games that have had such a large impact on a ton of people, or even that have existed, if you just want to go back and experience the games, to not be able to experience it at all is something that is very crippling for the industry overall, because you have games like this, and another one that I've talked about here on the channel, which is Mag, Massive Action Game. When the servers went offline, every bit of that game, aside from the footage that had already been captured, everything is gone. There's no evidence of it essentially there's no hard work that is being rewarded it's all just gone and that's what's really unfortunate to me because people developed and poured their heart and souls into this game people skipped nights with their families to develop these games and that's what kills me the most uh, but of course it is part of the entire industry it's part of the cycle and it is just one of those things where we have to get used to it and it is very disappointing and it is in fact just like mag you guys should check out that video if you haven't i have a video on mag the massive action game and tons of people love this game i get comments literally daily uh, with people still wanting me to start back up some kind of petition or talk to somebody to get somebody to develop a massive action game sequel and i'm like what do you want me to do i am literally a college student who makes youtube videos do you want me to what call up sean Layden? do you want me to you want me to call up somebody you want me to call up hideo kojima and be like hey man i know you got connections i know you're in the middle of death stranding let's get a mag going I don't know what you want me to do. However, I appreciate your views, and I appreciate your comments. They're being remembered, and they're being appreciated. But guess what, bud? You're not going to be getting Massive Action Game too. However, what you are going to be getting is Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon coming to Far Cry Arcade. Now that, my friends, is a story we can get behind. The world of Far Cry is ever-expanding, and it just got a little bit crazier. Ubisoft just announced that assets from Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon are joining the Far Cry Arcade mapmaker in Far Cry 5. In addition, the team at Ubisoft added two new maps to Far Cry Arcade to celebrate. The updates for Far Cry Arcade are to celebrate Far Cry 5's six-month anniversary. It's been six months since Far Cry 5 came out. Are you kidding me? Okay, then. For those unaware, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon was a standalone expansion to 2012's Far Cry 3, and it had a retro-futuristic aesthetic and parodied 80s action films, and it was, my friends, absolutely fantastic. Far Cry Arcade allows players to create maps using assets not just from the Far Cry series, but other Ubisoft franchises as well. The two new maps coming to Far Cry Arcade are Passage and Blood Dragon Arena, and they bring together elements from all of the Far Cry universe. Passage crosses over three post-launch expansions for Far Cry 5, and you'll encounter elements from Hours of Darkness, Lost on Mars, and Dead Living Zombies as you journey to face the Blood Dragon. Blood Dragon Arena, on the other hand, only uses assets from Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, but the game is crazy enough to stand out on its own. And of course, you can get Far Cry 5 right now with Far Cry Arcade on the PS4, Xbox One, and the PC. A game that I have yet to finish, but one that I have and one that I do want to finish. It's just we have so many things coming out. I mean, right here on the side of this website, you have Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Black Ops 4, Red Dead 2, Spyro. So many things coming out. However, Far Cry 5, a solid game, beautiful game. Uh, but if you did want to jump in and re-experience the assets from Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon or these two new maps coming to Far Cry Arcade, now is the perfect time to do that. And I will say that when it comes to Fallout, 
or excuse me, when it comes to Far Cry, whoa, where did my brain go right there? Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon is fantastic. For those that like retro wave, for those that like new wave kind of music, I love the aesthetic, the 80s kind of synth wave vibe. Big, big fan of it. Uh, so again, worth jumping into, even if you have, I would say, an Xbox 360 or a PlayStation 3, you can probably get it relatively cheap. So it's a little tidbit for you there if you did want to find something fun to play. But of course, Far Cry 5, very solid. And the DLC also looks very promising. I will say that out of all three of them, uh, my favorite is by far the Mars expansion. Looks really, really cool. But for those that are fans of Kingdom Hearts, then you have some news about the music that is going to be coming to the game. Yutada Hikaru and Skrillex are teaming up for Kingdom Hearts 3 music. And this is a story that I was like, should I cover this? I think I'm going to cover this, but originally Skrillex was going to remix Hikaru Utada's Kingdom Hearts 3 theme, Don't Think Twice. However, that developed into a new original collaboration. The resulting track is called Face My Fears. The Skrillex collaboration, which was produced along with Pooh Bear of Justin Bieber's What Do You Mean fame, will be released on January 18th alongside Don't Think Twice. Kingdom Hearts 3 will be out later that month on January the 29th, and of course you, yes you, can listen to Don't Think Twice, which was first revealed earlier this year in a clip that has been linked in the article, which I have linked down below. And indeed, I like what Roy says in the chat. This is indeed the birth of Disney Step. That's exactly what this is. Good one. That was a good dad joke. That's that's one that I would even do. Good job, man. Good job. Uh, but interesting stuff here. So if you are a fan of Kingdom Hearts 3, if you're a fan of Skrillex, you might want to jump in and check out the music that he is going to be laying down when it does launch in the middle of January. So you've got a couple of months of anticipation coming down the pipe. But of course, Kingdom Hearts 3, one of the most anticipated games of the first half of 2019. Never thought it was going to be coming out, but yet here we are. So for those that are looking forward to it, this is just more to get them hyped up. Strange community, I will say. To be able to go ahead and introduce Skrillex, uh, collaborating with this Utada Hikaru uh, to create the music for Kingdom Hearts 3. Incredibly interesting little tidbits there, but something that's pretty interesting in and of itself. Uh, So again, 29th of January is the release date for Kingdom Hearts 3, and will I be playing it? No, probably not. However... And the final story of the day, if you do have a Facebook account, you might want to change your password or just log on to see if things are going okay because 50 million Facebook accounts have been hit by account hijacking and a security exploit. Facebook has learned of a security vulnerability that has opened up millions of its users to account theft over the past year, though the company notes it is still investigating any impact the exploit has had to date. While the exploit wasn't related to Facebook's game platform itself, the issue potentially affects 50 million Facebook accounts, making it an issue developers using the platform should be well aware of. The issue itself is detailed in a blog post shared by Facebook and has since been fixed and reported to law enforcement. While the cause for the vulnerability seems to, by Facebook's reports, be the result of several different small issues in the platform's code, the core issue itself involved the view as feature that is intended to let a user see what information they're showing other Facebook users. However, an issue with the view as instead let attackers take access tokens from Facebook accounts and allow them to hijack those accounts themselves by using the tokens to log in as an exploited user. Facebook says that it has now reset the access tokens of nearly 50 million accounts it knows to be affected and has reset the access tokens for an additional 40 million accounts that aren't known victims but as uh, has had view as activity in the past year. Any affected users will have to log back into Facebook both on the site and any third party apps or locations using Facebook login. 
and have already been sent a notice about the issue. Quote, since we've only just started our investigation, we have yet to determine whether these accounts were misused or any information accessed, reports Facebook. We also don't know who's behind these attacks or where they are based. We are working hard to better understand these details, and we will update this post when we have more information or the facts change. In addition, if we find more affected accounts, we will immediately reset their access tokens. And that, my friends, is where it ends. So all in all, not that big of a deal. Only 90 million accounts have been hacked. It's perfectly fine. You don't have anything to worry about. It'll all shake out. But no, seriously, log on to your Facebook and see if your stuff's been taken. You should really look at that every now and then just to make sure things are going well. Also, if you want to delete Facebook, not a bad option either. I have one just for business purposes, and I post a couple of things here and there. But overall, not a social media that you really need. But again, I know a ton of people use Facebook. I know Facebook gaming has been a growing platform over the course of 2018, so a ton of people have been watching streams on Facebook. You might want to check that stuff out. Again, lots of stuff to think about here, but still... Always unfortunate to hear that somebody or anybody has been hacked, let alone potentially 90 million people. That's a lot of people. And of course, yes, uh, good old Marky Zuck Zuck is over there, is over there just trying to make it all look fine. But oh no, it's not. The entire room is on fire. However, my friends, as you reset your Facebook passwords with fury, that has been today's episode of Caffeine. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to drop me a like down below if you are watching on YouTube. If you're listening later on a podcast service, I appreciate you checking out the show, and I hope you did enjoy today's episode. And of course, there's an entire lineup of previous episodes if you did want to listen to them. But for those that like to watch live, or if you just want the hottest, most recent news, you can check out every single weeknight a live episode of Caffeine. And then, of course, it goes up on podcast services just about an hour afterwards. So it's always a good deal no matter how you take in the show. But I hope you have a fantastic one. Thanks for another fantastic week of shows. And I promise to keep getting better at what I do here because I do want to continue polishing up my content and making it the very best because you guys do deserve the best. But have a fantastic week. And if I don't talk to you, I'm going to go eat some chicken wings because it's Friday, baby. And I deserve a chicken wing. But peace.